0: If you will grab a pen and click it open and maybe grab that outline we were telling you about, um, we're going to kind of dive right back in to our series. But I thought we would start today with a pop quiz. You know, these kids have been they've been doing their schoolwork from home. Be great for you to have a pop quiz from home. So pay careful attention. What do these people have in common? What do these people have in common? Number one, the teenager who gives in to peer pressure to try sex, even though they know better. Number two, the workaholic who is still trying to live up to his father's statement that you'll never amount to anything. Number three, the wife who continues to give in to the absurd demands of an abusive husband. Number four, the office worker who is known for her apple polishing. Number five, the man who speaks, who who never speaks what's really on his mind. Number six, the person whose schedule is so overbooked because they can never seem to say no to any request. The wishy-washy person who never stands up for anything. The shy wallflower who suffers From loneliness. And finally, what all these people have in common? The Christian who never, who has never spoken about their faith to someone they've worked for for over a year. What do these people have in common? The answer? The answer is they're probably all driven by a deep fear of rejection. We're in a series called Fearless living fearlessly in the age of anxiety. And we're looking at overcoming our most common fears, the most common fears that people go through. Many of our greatest fears are relational. They're interrelational. They have to do with people. One of the greatest fears on everyone's list historically is the fear of rejection. We're in a society that produces Approval addicts. We see it in Facebook likes and Instagram hearts. In fact, some people get really upset with you. If they post a picture, they make a post, and you don't like it. It's like, why didn't you like my post? Why didn't you like my picture? It's like, well, I liked your picture. I just didn't like check the little like box, the little heart box or something. The ultimate question everyone is asking is, what do other people think of me? That's the ultimate question. What do other people think of me? The Bible says that this is a trap. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. If you've got your pen, circle the word snare. It's a trap. It's a trap. When we worry about what other people think, we are headed for trouble. How do we develop this fear of rejection? Well it's simple. It's from experience because we've all been rejected at one time or other. It's it's easy. Have you ever been picked last on the playground? I have. Yeah. Have you ever been teased when your friends find out who your crush is? Mm. Did you ever did you ever try out for something and not make it? How like a team or a part in a play, a job? Have have you ever learned have you learned that Everybody doesn't like you. Some of those hurts that we've had from people rejecting us, we've never gotten over. We can experience the fear of rejection in a lot of different directions, from your marriage, from your friends, from your coworkers, at school, at work, from disappointments, from criticisms. You know, you can experience just from a look. You've ever gotten one of those looks that like just starting, you know, did you ever have anybody in your family? Give you that look. Oh yeah. Looks can kill, they Mm -hmm. say. Today we're going to look at how do we overcome this fear of rejection. And we do it with three very simple things, three very simple ways to overcome. This is a very simple message. But it's one of those messages that we've got to reapply in our life. before we look at those, I want to just kind of give us an overview of seven quick seven quick things that the fear of rejection does to us. It's right there on your outline. Number one, the fear of rejection allows other people to manipulate us. Advertisers do this all the time. You got to buy this product or you're stupid. Well, I don't want to be stupid, so I got to buy this, right you you you. You're a fool not to take advantage of this sale. Well, I don't want to be a fool, so I, I guess I gotta buy that thing. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever bought something because you just didn't want, you, you just didn't want to look dumb, so you end up with a whole house full of stuff that you don't really need? The fear of rejection also causes us to conform to peer pressure. This is kind of obvious. We tend to walk like other people walk. We tend to talk like other people talk. We tend to dress like other people dress. Why? Because we don't want to be rejected. We conform to peer pressure because of the fear of rejection. The third thing it does is it keeps us from speaking the truth. Why do people lie? Why do people shade the truth and not tell the whole truth? It's because they're afraid. They're afraid if they tell the truth, you won't like me. You won't accept me. Fourth thing it does is it prevents us from giving and receiving love. I see this a lot. Past hurts prevent us from future relationships. A guy says, I got burned on the hot stove, so I'm never going to touch it again. And that's fine. But people say that about relationships. Mm-hmm. I got burned in my last marriage. I'm never going to get married again kind of a thing. the problem is people aren't stoves. Fifth thing it does is it causes shyness and loneliness. If we're afraid of rejection, we can end up building up walls. Instead of bridges, we can keep people isolated. We see what that's doing to our society right now. We have to self-isolate. It's hard enough. When you isolate people because of a fear of rejection, it can paralyze your relationships. Number six, it also produces depression and unhappiness. Um, If you read the Psalms, David is all, often saying things like, I'm in despair, I'm bummed out, uh, insults and rejections have been hurled my way, and they have broken my heart. Listen, living for the approval of others is a miserable way to live. Yeah. And then finally, it's, it silences our sharing about Christ. So I want to read you just a couple of verses here. First John 12, 43, to, that's John 12, 43 to 44 says, Many believed in Jesus, But they would not admit it for fear of the Pharisees. They were more concerned to have the approval of men than the approval of God. Oftentimes we don't share our faith because we're worried what others will think about us. If they find out, you know, oh my gosh, he's a holy rolling Christian or he's a one of those Christians kind of a thing. What will they think if I tell them I pray? What will they think if I tell them I go to church? The fear of rejection affects every area of our lives. So how do we overcome this fear, Rich? We're gonna, we're gonna start and kinda team teach this back and forth. We've gotta get a new perspective about three areas, about God, about ourselves, and about other people. And we need to teach this to our kids. This, not only do we need to teach to our high school and middle school kids, that's who you spent most of your time with, but now even with the little kids, we need to teach this, and with our own children, elementary kids need to learn this. So Rich, why don't you take number one?
1: Okay, yeah. So that's good. So how do we overcome this fear of rejection? Well, the first thing that we need to do, and you can fill this in if you would like, is to put God in the first place. Put God in first place. I think that's super important. Um, he, he needs to be the number one. It says in Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I will fear no one. See here, God is described in two ways as light and as salvation. Why don't you go ahead and circle those two things, light and salvation. Well, what does light do? It's interesting, especially here as we're looking in the context here. It does three things. It illuminates, it protects, and it energizes us. So light illuminates. Let's look at that first. Light helps me, helps us to see things more clearly. Most people are more afraid when it's dark than when it's light. Well, as a kid... I was petrified of the dark. And I would say sometimes even (laughs) as an adult, but we won't even go there this morning. But but anyway, darkness plays tricks on our eyes, doesn't it? Uh, You think that you see things that really aren't there. So as a kid, when I would be in bed and it would be dark, to fix that, because my eyes were always playing tricks on me, I would go and I would turn on a hallway light. Mm -hmm. And when I would turn on that hallway light, it would illuminate so that I could see what's really there and what is not there. And that's what God does for us. He lights up the places that we tend to be afraid of so that we don't need to be afraid. And this is what David is saying here. When I'm confused, when I'm afraid, God lights my way. That's good. So He illuminates. But light also protects, it provides security. Uh, last summer when we were in California, we stayed in this house in California. This house had about 15 security lights around it. I don't know why there were so many, but when a gnat flew by those lights at night, it was like Fort Knox, the whole place lit up. Well, maybe you have some of those lights in your backyard or in the front. When somebody walks by, the light comes on, and it provides security. It protects. That's what light also does, a source of security. But light not only does those things, but it also energizes It lifts your mood. It brightens your day. This past Monday, even on Friday, we had some storms move through. But this past Monday in particular, we had those really bad Mm -hmm. storms that moved through. And I remember waking up that morning, I kind of was like in a low mood, just like blah. And then I was a little nervous because a tornado came through. But everything moved through pretty quickly. And once it did, it was like sun shining and my whole mood changed. And that's what light also does. It changes our mood and it energizes us. So light illuminates, it protects then it energizes us. And David is saying, My relationship to God has those same three effects. He illuminates my life, He protects my life, and He energizes my life. And I'm not going to be afraid. So let me ask you this Do you have this kind of relationship to God? Is your relationship to God like that? If you don't, you're probably susceptible to the fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're looking to somebody else to be your illumination, to be that light in your life, to make things clear for you. Maybe you're looking to somebody else to be your protection, to give you security. Or you're looking to somebody else to energize your life or to lift your mood, to brighten your day, to provide happiness. The only problem with that is that if other people are going to be your light, you're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. Other people can go out, they burn out, they wear out, and eventually die out. Hmm. And you can't make somebody else the main source of light in your life because they're just too unreliable. Right. People are unreliable. But David says that God is my light. He protects me. He enlightens me. He energizes me. And I'm not going to sweat it when other people don't like me. Big deal. Because, why? Because God is my life. But then he also says that he is my salvation, that he's our salvation. David knew that no matter what happened, God would always, always love him. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from God's love. God says in there, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Doesn't matter if somebody else rejects us, because God won't. God will never reject us. He will always love us. He will always accept us and he will always hold on to us. I know maybe in this time a lot of people have experienced that maybe Mm -hmm. they feel lonely at one point because they're isolated but they have felt that god has not left me and he's holding on to us i know i have felt that and then sometimes our fear of rejection is rejection is based often and rooted in the idea that we all need to be loved which is a fact we all do need to be loved we all desperately need massive doses of love in our life to be healthy individuals but here's the thing God says, I want to be that main source of love in That's your right. life. Not, Don't let it be a person. Let it be me. Let it be me be the one who loves you because God is love. We need to be love. We all need to be love. It's a deep, profound need that we have. But God wants to be that main source of love. So what causes the fear of rejection in us is then this false idea that we think that other people ought to be able to fully meet this need mm-hmm. in our lives. When you expect somebody else to meet your need for love, you're asking for trouble. And you're setting yourself up for hurt. You're setting yourself up for the fear of rejection. When you look at any other person beside God to meet all of your love needs, you're setting yourself up for the fear of rejection because they just can't do it. There's no human being alive. That can meet all your needs. There's no human being alive who can meet all your love needs completely and fully the way you need to be loved. Only God can do that. There just isn't anybody else who can do it. Only God. So the first step in overcoming the fear of rejection is you've got to put God in first place because he's the only one that can ultimately meet all of our needs. But does God ever use other people? Sure. Does God ever love us through other people? All the time. Does God want us to love others? Of course he does. Does he sometimes use us as a channel to love others? Absolutely. But you'll never have all your needs met by one person. I mean, I love Lori. She loves mm-hmm. me. But if I look to her to meet all those needs, well, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah, that's not fair. Because she's a human being, right? Or my small group. I love my small group, but I can't look to them to meet all those love needs, like you're saying, that's not fair. We as humans just don't have enough love in us because human love is limited and often conditional. Where God's love is unlimited mm-hmm. and unconditional. Right. No matter how deep your need is, God can fill it. And he never runs dry. But human beings can run dry and often do run dry. He can hug you even in COVID. He acts, Actually, he can. And <laughs> I, have, I have felt his hugs during this time. Yeah, that's good. So the first step in overcoming this fear of rejection is realizing that the Lord is my light and my salvation, not anybody else. I don't look for anybody else to brighten my day. Yeah, I can have people in in my life, in our lives to lift us up, but I can't expect it to be them fully. I need it to let uh, let God do that in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't look to anybody else to save my life. I need to look to God for that because the Lord is my life, and that's what David is saying. He's my salvation, so I'm not going to be afraid. So when he's our salvation, what does he save me from? Well, Psalm 119, 39 through 42 says, save me from the insults of fear. Hmm. The insults I fear. This is interesting because Pastor Jerry was just talking about how David often is kind of lamenting to God or talking about the fears that he had or the things going on. But he says, save me from the insults I fear. How often have I thought in my own mind those same, same things? But he, he says, I want to obey your commands. Show me how much you love me, Lord. Then I can answer those who insult me. David is being rejected here. That's what's happening. He's saying, Lord, I need to be saved, not just so I can get into heaven, but I need to be saved from the insults that I fear. I need to be saved from what other people think of me. I'm worried about what other people think. And I'm afraid of being rejected. So he says, you know, God, I want to obey your commands. But if I obey your commands, other people may think that I'm stupid or lame or whatever for obeying your commands. Or, or if I live the life, God, that you want me to live, they may think that I'm a Jesus freak or some fanatic. Right. So, God, show me how much you love me. We're not on there in that verse. Circle love, because that's so important. When he's saying, God, show me how much you love me. Here's the thing we know. There is no fear in love. That's what the Bible says. Perfect love casts out all mm-hmm. fear. And God's love is perfect. So God loves me. And if God loves me, I can handle any other rejection that comes my way. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Your, For yourself, concentrate on winning God's approval. If we could just apply this to hmm. our life, that one thing, I mean, that simplifies life. Because we can't please everybody. If I would just concentrate on winning god's approval it it would solve so many things i mean think about it if you get this group over here pleased well now that group over there is mad or now okay well let me fix that i'll try to get that group pleased and now they're mad over here we can't please everybody even god can't please everybody right? right it's exhausting it is i mean somebody wants to to they're praying for the sun to come out the other person's praying for rain well how does god please both of them at the same time i mean We'd be a fool to do it if God can't please everybody. The secret of simplifying life is saying, I'm just going to do what pleases God. And if I do that, it's going to simplify my life. And if I please God, it's always the right thing to do. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. So the first thing of overcoming this fear of rejection is we need to put God in first place. And Pastor Jerry, you're going to take the next one. Yeah, really
0: putting God in first place in our life solves not only the fear of rejection, but a whole lot of other things. I mean, it's, it's like it's thing. like a theme, right? If yeah. we just keep God first in our life, everything else falls into place. Like, yeah. love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right. First and greatest commandment. Right. In addition to putting God first place in our life, we also have to learn to put people in their place. I think some people just woke up right yeah, now. Yeah, they did. They're what? like, to put people in their place." Yeah, I want, I want to put people in their place. You yeah, know, I'm I know, I know the hand on the hip crowd. They're ready to put some people in their place. Now, listen, that doesn't mean we drop the drop, drop kick them in the next week. <laughs> That's not what I mean by this. But I am talking about putting their opinions in the right place, having the right perspective about all of the noise people direct our way. We gotta not overvalue what they say. I want to read you Isaiah 51 12. The Lord says, I am the one who strengthens you. Why then should you fear mortal man who is no more enduring than the grass? I love that. Why do you fear mortal men? They're like nothing but the grass. Circle the word mortal there. He's saying, Everybody is temporary. Everybody. He's saying, why are you afraid of people's opinions? Other people aren't God. Their opinions aren't going to last anyway. Hmm. The secret of success is to outlast your critics. I I think if you can outlast the critics, all of a sudden people call you a success. Hmm. He says, that's the secret, to keep on going. Just keep on keeping on. He says, if mortal man puts you down, don't worry about it. Don't assume when other people make judgments or other people make criticisms on your life, don't assume they're the expert, that they're infallible, because most likely they're not. They have their own critics, right? They're going to make their own mistakes kind of a thing. So don't assume that their judgments are straight from God, especially if someone comes up to you and criticizes you, and I guess in the church world, a lot of people think that criticism is a spiritual gift. It's like, I have this spiritual gift of criticism. I'm going to tell you everything wrong with your life, Rich. Yeah. Um, and it's like, whoa, 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 that's not really in the Bible. Have I mentioned you should read your Bible? That's yeah. not in there. So if somebody comes up and, and criticizes you, even with some religious terms thrown in, you don't have to automatically accept that criticism. You, you ought to judge that criticism for what it's worth. Why am I saying this? Because when people's approval becomes all important to us, we are setting ourselves up for disaster. We are setting ourselves up to live a life of fear that i got to worry about what everybody thinks about me. It's a paralyzing existence. Mm -hmm. For some people, all that matters is popularity. Does everybody like me? All that matters is fame. For some people all that matters is applause they they care about what do other people think about me all that matters is how do I look to, uh, to other people I mean that's why there's all these angle things when you're taking your selfie and you take 900 pictures and you find the one that you know only has like six flaws in it and that's the one you post you guys don't I believe filter. It. They filters for I know that filters for that right I don't even know what a filter is right I'm unfiltered <laughs> that's not good <laughs> and and that's the thing is people I mean we we compare ourselves to the 900th picture mm-hmm. that we see of other people's lives, and we think, I never look that good. Well, you only take 800 pictures. You need to take another 100. Yeah. You know, it's in there somewhere eventually. So if I live my life worried that everybody doesn't think that I'm as pretty as them or as handsome as them or as smart as them or as successful as them, you know, if people like label me loser, then I must be a loser. If people yeah. label me a dork, then I must be a dork kind of a thing. That's no way to live. I don't want to live that way. Do you? No. Not no not way. Not. And you don't have to live that way. God never intended you to live your life based on Facebook likes or Instagram hearts. Hmm. Hmm. He says, why are you listening to them? He says it all the way back. Early, early, early on, he says, Why are you listening to mortal men? I'm the one that counts. And he kinda of, God kind of disses them, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, They're nothing more than grass. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be cut down. Yeah. They're gonna be mowed over. I mean, that's what we do to grass, right? Yeah. So you don't have to live that way. Galatians one ten says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men? See, this is old testament and new testament. Mm-hmm. Galatians one ten, Paul writes, says, Am I now trying to win the approval of men? Or of God. If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Yeah, yeah listen. If your goal in life is to please others, Christianity probably isn't a good place yeah. for you. You know, um, Paul's saying that his goal in life is to please God, yeah. not men. He says we have a choice. Mm. I have a choice. I I can choose whether I'm going to live for the applause of God or live for the applause of men. Who are you interested in pleasing? The crowd or God? Are you going to run the race for an audience of one? Listen, if you run the race for an audience of one, you've got to ignore the cheering crowds and the jeering crowds. Yeah, if you listen to "Oh, you're so good," you'll get you'll get prideful. And if you listen to "You're a dork," you'll be depressed. Mm. So you got to ignore the cheering crowds and the jeering crowds in order to run the race of life for an audience of one. And I've got to ask the question, because you can't seek God's approval and man's approval at the same time. You've got to decide, who am I trying to impress? I would suggest that a way to overcome the fear of rejection is to live your life for that audience of one. Look what it says in Romans chapter 8. Have I mentioned that Romans chapter 8 is like one of the great chapters of the Bible? We should memorize Romans chapter 8. You get all the way to the end of Romans chapter 8, Romans 8.31 says... If God is for us, who can be against us? And if we recognize how much God is for us, it gives us the ability to stand against, withstand tremendous rejection. Can we ever come to the place in our lives where we're not affected by what other people think? Probably not. Can we ever not be affected? Probably not. That's my honest answer. But... We may not ever come to the place we 're not affected by other people's opinions, but we don't have to be directed yes. by other people's opinions mm-hmm. why do we Why do we allow their opinions to direct and change the course of what we do? We'll always be affected in a little in a little way, but we don't have to be directed sometimes sometimes people say the meanest things, yeah. And it hurts. Mm -hmm. You know, what's that saying? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's a lie. Yeah, people aren't in therapy (laughs) over sticks and stones. People are in therapy over words that hurt me bad. You know, when God told me to start our church, he gave me this vision, this idea for the type of church that we would have. Kind of a church for the unchurched Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Over the last 27 years... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've had so many people criticize how we do church. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how people will come in and on their first Sunday, they'll tell us how everything that we're doing is wrong. Okay. You do this wrong, you do this wrong, and have you, why do you do that? And Why do you do that? And, it, and I kind of feel like, well, I know Jesus loves you, but would you go to some other church? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, uh, We just had this happen not too long ago. A lady came in. She missed most of the music anyway. But she heard enough of it to hate it. <laughs> and she tells me after the service for 10 for ten minutes, man, this music is just so bad and it's just so terrible. And I don't understand why you have drums and yada, 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 yada. I mean, for 10 minutes, she's complaining about this music. And I'm like, well, man, maybe you tried that church. Well, they don't believe like I believe. Well, have you tried that church? Well, they, they, they're too far. Have you tried that church? And I'm trying to get rid of her. I'm trying I'm trying to help her in Jesus' name yeah. find a good place for her to, to call home, of course. Yeah. Hmm. And, and then she, sa- she says this, I kid you not. With my hand on the Bible, (laughs) okay? She says, well how do I get in a small group? (laughs) I'm like, will you have to come here for three months and convince me you love it here before we ever let you in a small group? Because you just told me for 10 minutes how you hate this place. You know, but can I get in a small group please? No! (laughs) You know, and then, and then she left a bad review on Google. <laughs> so, if you, if you really want to have a really, you really want to have, be tempted with anger today, go read all of our Google reviews. I have no idea why people come and they go, man, this, this is just a terrible place and they're all a bunch of nuts and da 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 da. We really need some of our, listen, you want to help? Go to Google and leave a good review. Now yeah. look, if, 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 if you can't stand this place, we have enough of those,
1: yeah.
0: okay? <laughs> but, but, uh, we have a young couple that started coming in January and they said, do you guys know you have some bad Google reviews? I just, oh, yeah, we know. We don't know how to get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get rid of them. You just have to dilute them. Yeah, he said, well, we, we almost didn't come visit because wow. uh these are the youngs. And, uh, we almost didn't come visit because a couple of the Google reviews, but our sister-in-law said, no, it's a great church. You know, we moved away, but it's a great church. So they came. Of course, they're in my small group. Their kids are in Discovery yeah. Zone. They're totally plugged in. They're in the Easter egg video. They're like, you need to get some people to do a good Google video, I don't like Google review. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah. So go to Google and make a good review if if, if you uh, <laughs> yeah. run out
1: run out of things to do. Yeah. And um, well, we got they're quarantined. We got plenty of time. Yeah.
0: Pray for those people. You know. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're quarantined. They have plenty of time. Uh-huh.
0: So that's good. Listen, if we ran church based on Google reviews, or if we did church based on what people, you know, insult or uh, reject us, the people who reject us. You know, look, I, I said to somebody a couple of weeks ago who they got let go from work before the COVID thing. Mm. And then and they're like it's like I, I know not I know I can't take it personal. I said I said, dude, it's okay to take it personal. Mm-hmm. They said, You're not allowed to come back here. We don't want you here anymore. And I told them jokingly, I said, And if you keep going back, they'll give you a restraining order. I mean, they're serious about this, okay? They're not Um I said, it's it's personal mm. and it's hard, but because we get our value from our work or we get our value from that. Mm-hmm. I said it's okay to take it personal. I said, look, I'm a pastor of about, I don't know, about a thousand people come to our church mm-hmm. in a given month, nine hundred to a thousand we don't really know. Mm-hmm. And home a whole lot more tune in. And um but do you realize how many thousands of people rich used to come here and don't come yeah. here anymore? So aren't those thousands and thousands of people who used to come here and don't come here anymore? Aren't they basically saying yeah, we don't want Jerry to be our pastor. Yeah, we don't
1: like you. <laughs> we, we,
0: we don't like Rich to teach yeah, our kids. How do I not take that personally, right? It's tough. So if I'm tempted to get my value from all those people who've rejected us or SEC or God, I can go to a dark, dark place. And yeah. we have to remember that God's the one. If God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah,
1: that's good.
0: And, and that's the truth. The lie is that I've got to have everybody else's approval in order to feel good about myself. That's not true. That's the lie. And we all experience this. Even pastors Mm. experience it. Maybe even especially pastors. I don't know. Experience this. The truth is, we don't need the approval of others to be happy. That's the truth. If we could just grasp this truth, if God is for me, then who can be against us? Mm. It doesn't matter then we would be able to have a bright future, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. So if God is for us, who can be against us? So that's putting God first place, and then we put people in their place,
1: yeah. their opinions in yeah. their place. <laughs> and then, number three, Rich, what do we need to do about ourselves? Yeah, the, and I think this is one that we sometimes forget. All right, got to put God in the first place, and then I got to realize where people are. But we often forget this, and if you want to write this in, is I need to put myself in the proper place. I need to put myself in the proper place. Because here's the thing. We don't realize often how unique and valuable we are. You don't realize how unique and valuable you are. None of us really do. And the reason that we're so vulnerable to this fear of rejection is because we're full of self-doubt. I know I can be full Mm -hmm. of self-doubt, especially when we're criticized. That's why when we're criticized by another person, deep down inside, we we have the doubt and the fear that maybe they're right. You know, so then it hurts even more. And then we got you know, we're trying to work through all of that. Then on top of that, the effect of sin in our life is always insecurity. So the more we sin, then the more insecure mm-hmm. we become. And then Say this, say, and somebody ignores you. Say you're at a you're at a party or you're at a get together or whatever it is, and somebody. What are those? A party, a get together? Well, yeah, we kind <laughs> of forgot. Got to remember back. Yeah, <laughs> way back when, before quarantining, right? Um, you know, in my house, we just had our birthday party for Sophie. So there's a bit. We're a big enough family that mm-hmm. we could all be together. So in that party, nobody ignored me, so it's okay. <laughs> but but say back when you were meeting, say somebody would ignore you at a party or something like that, and we might think, well. Or we think they ignored us, and so we go, well, they must not like me. But maybe the reality was they just didn't see you there. Mm-hmm. They had their own thoughts going on or whatever. Um, and usually that's because we're seeing things through our own eyes of fear, and and then that makes us vulnerable. They probably think the same thing to you. Probably. They didn't even say hi to me. They must, not, they like must me. not like me. Yep, exactly, and that's what it is. When we look at life through the eyes of fear... We're only seeing our fear. We can only see ourselves and then the victims that mm-hmm. we are. But I believe to kind of overcome this is like kind of what you're saying is we need to look at other people and their fears and what's going on in their life because maybe they have some, maybe they responded that way because they also have a fear or something is going on in their life. And that's exactly what Jesus said. We're to give our lives away and. Try not to look at ourselves, but then look at the other people and try to think about what maybe they're going through and think about what's going on in their life. So, what is the antidote to this? Well, the antidote for us to put ourselves in the proper place is to accept what God says about us. Mm-hmm. So, what does God say about me? Well, that's a good question. Psalm 8 5 says this You, God, made man inferior only to yourself. You crown him with glory and honor so not only was i created by god but christ has made me acceptable that that's really really good news now this next verse i'm going to read to you ephesians 1 4 you should memorize this verse it's so good it says through what christ did for us he decided to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault we stand before god covered with his love this is a great let me i'm going to just read that again through what christ did for us he decided to make us holy in His eyes. This is huge. Without a single fault, we stand before God covered with His love. I Let love that,
0: that part. Covered, yeah, with, his covered love. with
1: His love. Let that sink in for a moment. We are acceptable to God, not because of what we've done, because we could never be good enough to be acceptable to God, but through what Jesus has done for us, He has made us acceptable when he died on the cross for us, he covered us with his love. Mm-hmm. I like to use the kind of a picture to be able to see it. Even when I was first when I first became a Christian, it's the thought of well, how can God not? I mean, God sees all the junk in my life. So what? How how has he covered me? Well, I picture it in this way: like picture that my hand represents me, and the Bible represents Jesus. Well, here's me and all my mess. Well, Jesus. By him dying on the cross for our sins, that makes us acceptable because what he does is he covers us. So now, no longer, when God looks at us, he doesn't see us in our mess. He sees Jesus' righteousness in our place. He sees his goodness, his perfectness, all those things, and that makes us acceptable. That's how I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. God sees Jesus in my place. And so, it's nothing about what I've did, what I've done. But it says that I'm spotless. Right. Well, I know in my mind, I don't feel so spotless, but it's not because of me. It's because Jesus made me spotless. And, and I'm glad
0: you have a cross on that Bible. Yeah. We were just talking about this in our, our Zoom small group, hmm. uh, the real God, that the cross the covers cross. Yeah. us and our sin. Exactly like what yeah. you're saying.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so good to look at it that way. Yes, the cross covers us, that Jesus, because of what he's done for us, makes us spotless. I'm acceptable. You're acceptable. As a follower of Jesus, you're acceptable. That's good news for you this morning. If you you haven't thought about that, you're acceptable. All I have to do, all we have to do, is accept what he's done for me. One of the most amazing truths about God is that he knows every single thing about me, Mm -hmm. yet he still loves me. Because there's things I know about myself that I don't love about myself. But God still loves me in spite of that. God knows every single thing about you. Every thought you've had. And he still loves you. That's an amazing thought. That's amazing. So I was created by God. Jesus, he has made us acceptable. And if God says I'm okay, I'm okay. Amen. You're okay. 2 Corinthians 10.18 says, It is not self-condemnation that matters. It is winning the approval of God. It says it doesn't matter what I say about myself. It doesn't matter what the other people say about me. What counts is what God says about me. And if God says I'm okay, then I'm okay. And he's proved it through his son. No matter who rejects me, God never will. Now, one other thing with this before you kind of get us closing out is I know uh, probably a lot of people deal with this. Um, Look at Psalm 2710 real quick. It says, even if my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will receive Mm me. Now, I think this is a big place of where rejection comes from in people's lives, this fear of rejection. It's this thought of our parents, your parents may be rejecting you. Even those who brought me into this world. Here's the thing. Even those that have brought me into this world, even if they reject me, even if your parents have rejected you, the Lord never will. Amen. And some of you may still be trying to win your parents' approval um, because you could never get it growing up and you're still trying to win your approval. First, let me just say, that's not your problem that your parents rejected you. That's really their problem because... You are a child, right? You know they're the adult. They're the ones that should be the grown up, and put the the adult in quotes. Yes, (laughs) they should be the grown up in the relationship, and and accept you and love you. So it's it's really their problem, not. Not your problem, but maybe it was because they were rejected mm-hmm. as a kid, and Probably. so they don't they don't know how to then love right in that sense. And so they've turned that on we you. We got to break that cycle. Yeah, we have to break that cycle. Yes, we do for. If you then have kids, you have to break that cycle. Yeah, and many of you, even as adults, are still trying to win your parents' approval. I mean, you might be forty years old, mm-hmm. still trying to win your parents' approval and the odds are. If you haven't gotten it yet,
0: you're, not gonna get you're probably
1: it. never going to get it. And, and the other thing is, those of you that have always wanted your parents' approval and your parents have since passed, you're mm. not going to be able to get your parents' approval. But I want to tell you this, as much as we feel we need that, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. We don't need it. We don't need that to be happy, right. I should say. Because it says, even though my father and my mother would reject me, my heavenly father never will that our happiness doesn't depend on anybody else, doesn't even depend on our parents mm. and how they feel about us. Again, I am okay because God says I'm okay, and I need to, I need to then put myself in the proper place.
0: Yes. <clears throat> so, why are we sharing this? I mean, we're in the middle of the COVID epidemic, and yeah. we've probably been talking about for weeks after, after week after week after week about the virus and the fear of the virus. But the reality is we're making a shift here. We're shifting back to our kind of regularly scheduled programming. Hopefully in May we're going to shift back to bringing everybody back to church at some point. And the reality is that the virus is going to dissipate, Mm. and we're going to get over this. We're going to get through this like we've been saying. Mm -hmm. But the real virus, the fear of rejection, some of these other fears that we deal with, they're going to impact us. They've impacted us our whole life, and they're going to continue to impact us in the future. Yeah, so I, think, this,
1: I think that with, with you saying that is the thought that as we kind of get back into routine, there's going to be some people that are pushing back against that, and then we're going to feel like they're rejecting me, my friend. You know, what do you mean you're going and doing right. what do you, you know, it's going to be a whole new thing with that.
0: Yeah, this is one of the number one fears that we have this fear of rejection that plagues us, it dogs us our whole life. And it's why it's so important, even though this is so basic, you know, I've got to put God in first place, I've yeah. got to put other people in their place, and I've yeah. got to put myself in the proper place. Yeah. And one of the reasons that we have this, that this fear impacts us is, is it keeps us from from sharing our faith with others we are afraid, what will they yeah, think? So and, true. you know, it makes it hard if you're going to invite someone to church. They're like, oh, you're one of those people kind yeah. of a thing. And reality is you can't invite anybody to come to church right now anyway. It's right. just the two of us today, yeah. <laughs> you know. But but that's going to – you could invite people to tune in. Yeah. Safe chance for them to kind of take a peek and I realized, oh, that that was that was worth my time, kind of a thing. The Google review wasn't accurate. Yeah, the Google <laughs> review didn't yeah. know they were dumb. And if they're still watching by now, it's at the end, right? So, yeah. so they must have got something out of it, kind of yeah. a thing. Um, but when this is all over, people are going to have, I think, a hunger for community, mm. yeah, I hear and it. they're going to want to, they're going to accept your invitation. Hey, man, come to my church and, you know, have a donut and sit with us and meet a family yeah. of people who can kind of kind of love you and not reject you. So we put God first place, we put people in their place, and we put ourselves in the proper place. That's how we overcome. We'll keep coming back to this, I'm sure, yeah. over the course of time, because this is something that we need to apply for this reason and other reasons yeah, in our life. Sure. I tell you what, let me pray for us today. Why don't you just bow your heads right there in your living room or wherever you're watching, and and let's just let's just close our eyes and, and pray for a minute. Have you been looking to other people to meet a need that only God can satisfy? You better watch out. You're headed for trouble. Have you been living to, to please the wrong person? God wants to be your light and your salvation. He knows everything about you, and he still loves you. Jesus Christ paid for your sins so that you can be acceptable to God. You can be forgiven. I would encourage you this morning to simply simplify your life and say, God, I'm going to concentrate on your approval. That's what counts. I'm going to concentrate on God's approval. I want my life to be pleasing to Him. I want to stand at the end of my life and hear Him say, well done, good and faithful servant. How do I get God's approval? There's only one way. There's not many ways. There's only one way the Bible says to get God's approval. In Hebrews it says it's by faith that we win God's approval. We accept his love and what he's done for us. We trust our lives to him. If you've never done that, will you do that right now? Right while your head's bowed, your eyes are closed, will you just say to God, God, I want to switch the focus of my life starting here from living for the approval of other people And I want to focus on your approval. And I want to have your approval by putting my faith in you and by trusting what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross. I want to give my life to you. Say that in your heart. Yes, Lord, I want to trust you and commit myself to you. Many of you who are watching and listening, most of you, in fact, have already done that. You're Christians. I am going to ask you, who around you needs the love of Jesus Christ? Who could you invite to tune into church in the next two or three weeks? Is your fear of rejection keeping your friend from hearing the greatest news in the world? This is the bottom line, say, saying, I want to live for an audience of one and be pleasing to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you so much. We could never earn Your love or deserve Your love, but You are a gracious God. And we commit ourselves individually and as a church family to You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.